we're doing a, we're doing a series I, I started to introduce last week on, on the book of Exodus, and um, I want to take us on a journey through this. It's a great book. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend this week. He said, you know, he's going through some stuff, and he says, you know, I got the Bible out, and I started reading it, and he was telling me all the things he was doing for his life, and he says, I didn't understand any of it, but I was reading it anyway, and I said, fair enough. There's a lot in there that, that can be difficult, right? Um, I mean, there's a lot in between Jesus saying, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? There's a lot of other stuff in between there. And uh, so fair enough. But I, I will tell you this. The book of Exodus is an incredible and exciting uh, story about God taking his people out of slavery and bringing them to the promised land. Moses is introduced in the story. And last week I tried to get us going. I didn't get very far. So it was going to be an introduction and overview. So we'll just call last week an introduction and this week an overview. We get introduced to the Ten Commandments in this story. So just to try to get some context, I, I always tell people, when you're having trouble with the Bible, just try to think of like a movie. And if you've watched a lot of movies, um, after a while you already know what's going to happen. So Charlie and I were watching movies uh, this morning, and uh, there was a part of the movie that, you know, um, there's a very scary part, and it looked like, looked like Olaf had disappeared forever, and Olaf was never going to come back. And I said, oh, Charlie, what's good? She said, Dad, Dad, stop worrying. <laughs> and I go, but I don't know what's going to happen to him. And I did kind of know, but I, I was, I'm so scared. She goes, Dad, stop it. He's going to come back. But if you start to get the whole thing pieced together, it starts to come together. And I want to give you an overview. And while I'm doing that, I've said this a few times, but these stories, this story, this is epic. Um, they're stories that you, if you will learn them, you could bury them down in your subconscious. And you'll draw on this at a time you don't even think, you don't even realize you're drawing on it. There's something that's going to be buried in there. Um, which is why I'm still a fan of going to church in an age that isn't. I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan. Go figure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm burying these deep into Charlie. We, we talk about them. She's learning them. Our culture, let me say something else about the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus is effective at changing your life, but it's not efficient. Most of the answers that we look for in life are efficient. Hmm? How long did you wait for that Tim Hortons? How long did you wait for that Starbucks? I want what? Let's go, let's go, let's go. You pull up to the drive-through, Charlie goes, Dad, what's taking so long? I'm like, we just gave him the money. You know, they want it now, we want it now, we want, we want to be efficient. And the problem is our culture's gotten very efficient. Very, so efficient that if something's not efficient, we go berserk and we go, what's the problem? We're, but we're not always effective. And effective means that life change actually and really happens. And so what I wanna talk about today is, I'm gonna give you an overview, but I want you to think of the story of the Exodus. Ready? I'm gonna tie it together to your life. Ready? The story of the of the Exodus as the story of your life. And this is like a map. 
How do I get to a, what I would call a meaningful life? And you'll see this pattern over and over and over again to get to a place where your life is meaningful. I'm going to take a verse out of the middle for this one. They've, they've left Egypt. Um, they're about to meet God and, and hear the Ten Commandments. And Moses goes to God, and they're having this conversation. And God says to him um, that to fully obey me, and he says this, you will be, Exodus 19.6, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Think about this. Just think about what he just said there. A kingdom of priests. So who amongst all of those people were going to be priests? All of them. God had a plan. Here was the plan. I'm going to take all y'all and I'm going to make all of you priests. Now, some of you right away, just, you, just, you, just, you freaked out right now when I said that because you're thinking, if you're trying to parallel this to my life, like that's one thing I am not as a priest, all right? But I'm going to teach you something. This gets carried into the New Testament. First Peter, I think, chapter 2, maybe verse 6, somewhere in there, right? It says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a priesthood belonging to God. The themes carry through. It's in, also in Revelation, I think, 1, verse 6. It's, it's there. The vision that God had was... Take all these people and make them representatives doing God's work in the world to bless the world. So the key is this. The journey is not just about leaving slavery. It's not just about leaving oppression. It's not just about leaving Egypt. It's to pursue a higher calling for their life. It's not just about getting milk and honey. It's not just about getting a nicer place to live. How many know a lot of people have their goals for their life are far too low? I mean, if your goal is, I just want a bigger house or a different neighborhood or a better car, or this, your goals are way too low. You, my friends, whether you've recognized it and whether or not you have responded to it, have been called to the royal priesthood. I know it makes you uncomfortable. Who's uncomfortable? Just go ahead. It doesn't make me feel comfy. And I don't expect you to tomorrow to go out and hand your business card like priest, uh, priest Christopher, you know. I, I can tell you this, the, the days of, you know, pastors getting a lot of benefits and all that, those have kind of gone by the wayside. I should have grew up in the 20s. I mean, in the 20s, man, you know, they just parted the sea for you if you were a pastor, right? Today, there's like, I can tell you, that the only benefits I have found left, there's three parking garages at hospitals in Oakland County where you can get free parking. So that's it. <laughs> And I can help you if you want a card. My pastor told me I'm a priest. Now look at me. This is important. Because some of you, when you think of yourself, the first thing you think of is, well, I'm a this. You know, I'm a computer programmer. I am a, uh, I'm a widget maker. I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a dancer. I'm an artist. The first thing that you are, recognize it, respond to it, or not, you're a priest. That's a game changer, friends. Because when you wake up in the morning, it's like, I am God's representative. Now, 
Set aside all the things that come to your mind today. Some of you grew up in a Catholic church or whatever, and you go, oh, I got to have a robe and incense. It's not, none of that's introduced here. It's not introduced. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. I'm just saying it. that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a person that stands to represent God, that does good for God in the world. Good for God in the world. Like, I, I'm going to need some people. I want to bring some good to that planet. I'm going to need some people. And they were called priests, representatives. Jesus called ambassadors. The wording isn't what matters. The function is what matters. Are you with me? Like, what is your purpose? Why in the world are you breathing air? Well, because I'm supposed to, like, make a lot of money. I'm supposed to impress people. I was thinking about getting a hot chick one day. Da, 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 da. These are my purposes in life. That's what young men think. Some of you looked at me funny. Just, just trying to relate to everybody. I don't understand what he said there. When you're 20, that's what you think about. What's your purpose, though? Because life is all about purpose. And if you think, if you think your purpose is just to make money or have this job, or what, you've completely lowered the bar for yourself, and you've completely misread what God's put you here to do. So here's what I'm going to say. The whole story, the big story of Exodus is, we'll start over here. They were in slavery. They were in captivity. And that's horrible. That, that's unacceptable. But it's, God isn't just trying to take them out so now they're free. It's different than that. God gives them purpose, something to do, a reason to be. The place that you start to get to a meaningful life is to know where you're going, what your life's about, what it's for. First and foremost, you're here to represent God. Whatever you happen to do to make money. Ready? You're here first and foremost to represent God, to do his work in the world. Whatever you happen to do to make money, we're all doing the same thing. Some of us are hiding from it a bit. It's a little uncomfortable. Well, Chris, I'm kind of I'm kind of a screw up. I know. I know. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. How many sinless people could they find in that crowd? Well, they couldn't find any sinless ones. So he's gonna have to work with us. All of us in our broken ways. But if you don't see yourself this way, there's a problem. Uh, Charlie and I got up at 4.10. Guess whose choice that was. 4.10, I know. How many, how many know what time you got up on those mornings? And you look at the clock, 4.10, Charlie, it's 4.10. And I know at 4.10, she's not going back to sleep. It's just late enough. She's not going back to sleep. I'm done. I'm, I get up. I'm toast. So we get up and we make toast. We make French toast. We make all kinds of things. So we make French toast and she goes, Dad, Dad, I don't have my oven mitt. She wants to help. And when we get near the, the, the stove and all that, I you know, make her put her little oven mitt on so just so she gets some good practices and I don't let her grab hot things, but just, you know. And then she's, well, Dad, I have to have my oven mitt. I have to have it. And I like, took her little play kitchen to the basement. And I, did I mention it was 410? I'll go get it. 
I go down to the basement. I got to find the oven mitt, and I can't find it. She comes down to the basement. She walks into the basement. This is like her, her third playroom. Anyway, this is her, her playroom down in the basement, and she walks in. This is exactly what she goes. She goes, Dad, what a mess. I said, no kidding, Einstein. No kidding. And we can't find the oven mitt anywhere. And I go, that's what happens when you don't put your things away. It's a mess and you can't find anything. She kind of looked at me like it was my fault. But here's the thing. They're all in a mess. They're mess. God's trying to take something out of that and make them into someone that he can use to be a blessing. It was never about just landing in a special place so then they could sit there and put their feet up and swing in the hammock. It was always about this. I want you to be my priesthood. So as an overview to the book, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to rush you through it. And then over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll take it chunk by chunk by chunk and uh, see where it lands us. Who's with me? All right. Book of Exodus. The map. All right. Let's start with this. Exodus 13, 17. Um, Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that road was shorter. This is important, right? For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God takes them out of slavery, and he's like, well, we got the shortcut. We got the easy route up there. Through the, well, but they're going to have to do a little fighting because it's a Philistine road. So let's not do that. I don't know if they're ready for that yet. I don't know if they're ready for that yet. Step one, the map to a meaningful life. Ready? You have to determine to leave the past behind you. You have to determine to leave the past behind you. They have to make a decision. We're done with Egypt. We're going this way. But let me say something as you get started on this path. How many of you have ever said, I'm going to leave this past behind me? Let's say it was a past eating habit, financial habit, smoking habit, fellowshipping, whatever. Yeah, I'm leaving this behind me. Anybody ever leave anything behind you? I mean, please, dear God, somebody raise your hand. Somebody's improved their life once. and I left this behind me. And then what do you do? All right? You say, I'm going to leave, you know, like eating six bags of chips a day behind me. All right, I, I eat six bags of chips a day. I'm going to stop doing that. And what I'm going to do is I am going to go on an all-vegan nuts and berries diet. Anybody ever try this stuff? This not, come on, you've tried some nonsense stuff. You fool, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Sure you are. Is, is anybody with me? Like, that's not realistic. So what God does, I mean, I love this about the story. He's realistic. He's like, it would be great to just send them right into the problem. I mean, just boom. They've seen the miracles. They've seen it all. They know the power of God. They've always seen all these miracles. They know they can handle these Philistines. He goes, but they're not ready. They're not ready. How many know you're not ready for some change? 
You want some change, but you aren't ready yet for that amount of change. It's just you're not there yet. So instead of eating six bags of chips, eat three. And just pat yourself. Why? It's progress for you. Is it progress? It's progress. It's realistic progress. And this is really important because I think a lot of times when people think about really changing their life, they aren't realistic. You know why some people never make real change in their life? Because they're not realistic. Just be realistic. You can't handle that fight yet. Tummy's all grumbling. You got the chippies. You know what? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, well, only the people like me that love chips know what I'm talking about. Just somebody give me an amen if you like chips. If you don't like chips, this sermon is not for you. And you man, but I, okay. I'll just space them out. You know, I used to eat six bags of chips. Now I'm going to eat three. It's going to go a little bit slower. In other words, this is realistic for me. Okay, some of you. You're trying to get out of financial debt. You're trying, to, you're trying to move out of this financial prison that you're in. You're not going to go from this to this. That's why some people, unrealistic, they, they do unrealistic things, thinking it's all going to change overnight. That's just not how human behavior works. Who's ever tried to say this to your kids? Like, you have to be realistic. Here's what you could do. He says, no, 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 we're not going to send them to the Philistine. They're not... They're not ready. They end up, let's go here, chapter 14. They leave, they have all of these plagues, and they end up camped at the shore of the Red Sea. And there they are, and it says that they panic. They're afraid because then Pharaoh comes and they have to make a decision. This is so important because a lot of you guys, here's the thing. Real change in your life is about making a final decision. A final decision. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean everything's going to fall in place. But you have to get to a point where you make a final decision. This is the direction of my life. This is what I've decided to do with my life. I'm no longer going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm done with Egypt Egypt represents all the stuff that's holding you back in life. And you're here and you're pressed up against the Red Sea. And then Moses comes and he parts the water. And he says, when the Israelites went through on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. By the way, I got some great memes. You can send me all your Moses memes. All right, send them during the series and I'll put them up there. There's a really good one for this. All right, so they go through... <clears throat> They go through on dry ground. It's decision time. By the way, we have baptism coming up. This, this symbol has been used for baptism. The, the, the church and early Christianity, they used this passing through the Red Sea. This is baptism, leaving the old and stepping into the new, right? You just make that final, I'm done. And it's all going to get washed. They, they get through Pharaoh and his armies. They all get washed out washing out some of your past. I mean, some of you, this means like deleting some contacts in your phone. Some bad influences. It does. Some of you, it means I, I, this is, I gotta leave some stuff behind. This is, this is not helping anymore. Whatever that means, wiping away, washing away, so I can move on, step through, it'll be muddy, 
Now it'll be messy, right? But you just keep going. I made a decision to make a new direction for my life. This isn't working anymore. This is uncertain, right? You're looking at the wall of water on each side. Right with me? I don't know. How I many know they were tiptoeing at first? Don't shake it. They got all the way through. You have to make a decision to go through. I'm done with this. This is behind me now. Burn the bridges to the old life. That's why I was like, you know, I don't know what the situation is, but some of you, it's like, these are old, I don't need, you know. Some of you are struggling with maybe, you know, your, your friends that dealt you drugs, and it's like, well, well I still got to keep his name. No, 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 you don't need his name in there. It's a deal. It's done. Uh, I, was, I had a, this person that was pulling me down. Wait. Be nice to him if you see him in the store. And go get your celery. Or your chips. <laughs> Just three. So everybody with me. Go through the sea. Go through the sea. Do the baptism. Get out. Get rid of it. It's behind you. Make the crossing. Now you're in the desert. You know, once you cross the sea, you're in the desert. You know, I mean, it's a whole new ball game. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. I, got no, I have no idea what to do. I'm in the desert. There's... I, I, someone, I was reading a book that was fascinating to me. I never thought about this. He's like, they wanted for 40 years, and do you realize no one had a chair? 40 years without furniture. I mean, it's just wander and wander and wander. They're in the, they're in the desert. They left all that behind them. They no, what do I do? Where do I begin? Moses brings them to the mountain of God. He said, I have some instructions for you. We know them as the Ten Commandments. But we, we're going to have to bring this to order. It's the next thing that you need for a real change in your life is you need structure. Anybody ever try to make a real change in your life without structure? I mean, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Whoever went off to college and like, I'm free. Huh? And like six weeks in, you're like, man, I'm messed up. Anybody send your kids off? Too much freedom, not enough structure, not a good thing. I mean, no, we just need a little structure. They get out of there, they're, they're free, but they need some order. We call it the Ten Commandments. We, if you let go of an old eating plan, what, what do you need to replace it? A new eating plan. If you let go of an old morning routine, you need a new morning routine. Ask anybody that's ever quit anything. They'll talk about the physical habits. Like if you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes, like, yeah, it's not the nicotine, but it's also this, you know, so they got chewing gum. There's always, there's a replacement. We need something else to hold on to. It's human nature. It's, 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 it's just how we operate as humans. You can't have real change without adding some structure to it. So think about this. What structure do I need to add to my life? I mean, the, 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 the Ten Commandments. It was like, well, uh, the seventh day, that's, you know, you, we're going to have to do that. All of a sudden, boom, there was a rhythm. There was a seventh day. Then it was followed by all these other uh, ideas and commandments where they started to organize around uh, this 
camp. And then all of a sudden, then they created something that was going to be very, very important. Their camp had structure to it. You guys going to stay here. You're going to stay here. You're going to stay here. And every tribe had a place. If, if you had a map, it would be, well, here's where you live and here's where you live. And later on, it, was, later on, it all revolved around the Ark of the Covenant, which was where? Way off in the corner? Where is the Ark of the Covenant? Guess, in the camp. Right? Bingo in the what? Right in the middle. What did that say to everybody? That's kind of important. Harrison Ford. That's kind of important. You know what happens to a lot of people? God stops being important to them. God's like over in a corner somewhere. Anybody seen God? Where, where do we put him? Well, we went like two Christmases ago. You remember that? Remember that two Christmas? What, what was pre-COVID Christmas? That's when. Anybody seen God? That didn't happen in Israel, man. Every morning you woke up and boom, there was the courtyard. There was all the, it was all surrounding the presence of God. And there was this cloud of fire at night. Can you imagine that? There's no questioning. What was the center of this act? I wonder if, you know, we look at our lives today, we'd say, God's right there in the center? God gets a little elbowed out, you know? And then when stuff goes wrong, we just bring him back in. Rescue plan, get her, get her back in. Where, what do we do with that ark? Is anybody with me? Call the, call the church. Get him back in here. And then daily life happens. We just nudge him out, and he's now he's out there. We're, we're the outhouses. All of a sudden, we need him. Where, where, where do we put that ark? The ark was right there in the middle. And it says every time they moved the camp, you know, the fire would, the cloud, it would, it would lift, it would move. It says, it's time to go. It's time to go. God says it's time to go. Sometimes they would stay one night. Sometimes they would stay many nights. But they always followed the cloud. Here's the key. God's presence in your life. God at the center of your life. Now, here's what I believe. I believe God never leaves you. He never does. But I believe sometimes what happens is we turn our back to him. So people have these phrases, you know, they use like, I got to get God back in my life. I, I kind of go, yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Really what you mean is like, you got to recognize God again. There was no mistaking what was going on with this, this nation moving through the, the wilderness. There was this fire and there was, there was this presence and everywhere they go, they recognized and they followed. How are you going to change your life without God? Meaningfully. How, how are you going to have guidance in your life? I mean, it's one thing to have a plan. You know, 
this is really something to think about. Honestly, something to think about because, you know, you can go to seminars and you can learn how to, anybody ever been there and set goals for your life and oh, I'm going to do this and then I'll make this much money by the time I'm there. I'll find out good because it kind of can give structure. We talked about structure and I'm going to get up at this time and all that. But how many know life's more complicated than that? Because all of a sudden I don't know what to do right here. I don't know what to do. Do I turn left or do I turn right? Do I dump this person or marry this person? Do I leave this boss or do I join this firm? Do I, I don't know what to do. Should I take my kid out of that school or put him in that? Anybody ever been there? I don't know what to do right here. That's when you need the cloud because the cloud would just all lift. Let's go. We're going over here. You need the presence of God in your life because it'll guide you. It was, a, it was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. God has 24-hour service. How many know sometimes when you need God, it's dark out? How many know a lot of the times when you need God, it's dark out? Like, anybody ever try to call like one of those hotlines before? How many just hate calling any phone number anymore? I just get in a bad mood. As soon as they give me a number, I, I'm already in a bad mood. No, just me. I really, I need work. I, I, okay, I need work. I get one of these numbers and I, I just, I get, anybody like me, I just start going zero, 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 zero. I have issues. Can you pray for your pastor at the end of the, I do, I do. But I, just pick up the phone. You ever need God to guide you? I just need, I need to know. There's no manual for this. I don't know what to do. That pillar guided them. Like, I don't know. So many times in life, like, I don't know exactly what to do. Just try to follow that cloud, you know? It's guiding you. And all of a sudden, it stops right here. That's, that's good right here. People ask me a lot of times, how did, how did you get here? How did you end? I don't know. Honestly, just try to follow. Just try to follow. The presence of God in your life is a game changer. It can't be reduced to clinical things, but it's intuitive. It's inner. Now we know the presence of God is within us. Christ in you, it says. Now let me end with this, this map. Ready? You got to make a decision to leave. You got to go through the sea. You got to, I'm out. I'm done. I'm washing that away. I'm getting baptized. I'm, I'm moving on. The old is gone. The new has come. Then I got to get some structure. I can't just leave. I got to, I got to grab onto something. Some of you, I mean, you, you got to have something new to hold on, you know, get, get a rhythm. And God's presence in your life. And then here's the last thing and we'll close. I really believe you need a community to, to go with you. You can't, do, you can't have a lot of change without support. This was a group effort. This was a, this was a team exercise. And I think for a lot of us, a meaningful life has to do with community. It's, it's too much, I'll do it on my own. Ask anybody that started going to the gym. It always makes a difference if I have a partner, someone to meet me there. You need a family. That's why we have the church. 
You have, you have family. You have people to journey with you. That's why you should get involved and get connected. Do something, you know, find some activity to participate in so you're connected. But you can't do it on your own. This was never a solo exercise. So the story of Exodus is the most incredible story from a bunch of family who were just in Egypt. They became slaves to a nation, a royal priesthood, where everybody saw their calling. Whether or not they got there completely, we'll argue that later, but this is the story. A nation of priests, a nation of representatives for God, people with purpose. That's the way to live your life. And there's a lot of stuff in between. And that's what we're going to study as we do the story of Exodus. I want to say a prayer for you. And I want you to think about your life for a minute. And I want you to think about what you, need, you want to let go. You know, this isn't just a, just a one time. I mean, certainly, you know, there's some big moments of change that come in people's lives. But you will see this pattern over and over again in your life where it's time to let go. It's time to move on. The, the cloud's moving and you're following what is it that you want to leave behind? What is it that God's calling you to? And just in your heart, you and God have a little conversation. I want to move to the meaningful life that you have for me. I want to step into my role as a priest a representative to do your work in the world, regardless of how I make my paycheck. That's my calling. I accept it today. I accept it, Lord.